Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 469, which means we are 31 episodes away from the big 500. We have something special planned for that one, don't we, sweetie? Sure. Um, why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, give us a tease. So we're going to talk, we're going to kind of pick apart a song that I listen to a lot and I realize that it's so relevant for the show and I've never brought it to you. Oh, wow. I just watched the video. Yeah. And I have a story about my experience watching the video. Really? A good one. Oh, good. I think. Good. Um, a few things. Tonight is the big uh, I Am Evidence uh, screening that we're doing in the Elmhurst Library. We're excited to see the people that are planning to show up, to show up, have a brief discussion afterwards uh, to raise awareness about a very important issue. Yeah, sexual assault, uh, how rape cases are processed or not processed, mm-hmm. and how we together can um, focus on changing the judicial system so sexual assault is considered... Um, something that needs to be resolved and people need to be brought to justice and people who have been victimized need to recon- or be uh, feel as if they're being cared for. Mm-hmm. So uh, We have a conference coming up on March uh, 8th and 9th. Um, I do want to give thanks to a new team, no, a new Zen friend we have. Yes. Her name is Peg Jividen. <laughs> Um, That's my aunt Peg. She's always she's like our Zen friend number one. So Sweetie's been making a lot of uh, wheeling and dealing, getting people to the conference who have a hard time uh, paying for the conference. Yes. Actually, five people this weekend. Right. So we're asking for help. Uh, everybody who's listening who wants to help us, other than Peg Jividen, because Peg has been giving <laughs> a few a few too many times over the last seven years. Well, there is no too many because we appreciate it all, but right. she just we don't want Peg to do it all by herself. Yes. Um, so thank you, Pogbear. <laughs> That's Kathy's aunt. Yes. And she's very supportive of what we do. Um, and we have some announcements coming up about the conference. Yeah. So first of all, going back to the Zen Friends thing, Todd is exactly right. Just this weekend there, I got emails from five different people. Um, uh, one was a woman who uh, is like 35 and is a widow and has two kids, um, really wants to get to the conference. One woman who is a teacher in Indiana, one woman who is a social worker. I mean, these are people who really want to get to the conference and, excuse me, and are traveling, needing a hotel, needing the ticket. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's very, Todd and I don't say no, you know, but the thing is to balance that out. We need some support in that. We all kind of, let's do this as a, a team and a group. Um, and make sure that we get these people here who are doing the big work in the world. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the conference, um, the conference is going to expand. We are going to be announcing even more speakers at this conference. So you guys already know our keynotes, Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambach, Devorah Heitner, Julie Lithcott-Hames. They're our keynotes. And then we ha- are announcing, let's see, one, two... Four more speakers. Quattro Mas. And then we are also announcing our four special partners that we are highlighting yep. at this conference, four organizations that are really near and dear to our heart, that we want to make near and dear to your heart, and then all of our sponsors and partners. Yeah. Um, all of this is going to be happening possibly before the next show, yeah. so you may get a heads up, but on the next show, we'll definitely discuss them. Awesome. Um, you mentioned the word team. Yes. Uh, we have something called Team Zen, and we have two new Team Zen members, and Yay. I want to acknowledge them. Yay. Um, 
and I want to give them my nicknames. Oh, um, no. The first that. one is Aaron Kruger. Yes. And Aaron is a friend who's helping us with some yes. marketing stuff. Yeah, and she she's joined part of our team. Yeah. And she is married to another guy, na- another uh, person named Aaron. Yes. So Aaron it's Aaron Kruger. and Aaron. Yeah. And we've had them on the podcast. Yes, we've had them on the podcast. They've told a wonderful story about their family creation yes. stories, yes. which are really kind of nutty and awesome and touching and then they actually right now have three sons yes. just fyi is an so update. aaron's nickname is aaron quote the good one kruger okay not the bad one okay not that the other aaron's bad it's just the only no. thing i can think of okay and the other new uh team zen number is jen williams okay and Thank you, her jen. nickname is jen not the girl i knew from college williams because <laughs> i knew a jen williams from college but she's not the but same see, one. That has nothing to do with Jen. It has everything to do with what she's offering to the team. She, well, like, I don't I know her that well yet. With... It's hard to develop a nickname for somebody I've never met, sweetie. Understood. Give me a break. But let's focus on their actions. Mm-hmm. When you talked about Aaron, the good one sounds yeah. pretty good. You there know, you go. like that's not bad. <laughs> it's not great. But I'm not going to be too critical. But to focus on Jen and how you relate to her name, Jen, not the girl I knew from college, Williams. Has... I think that's really good. That's catchy. Or not. I actually had an email exchange with our team Zen member, Jen Williams, and she seems very lovely. Okay. So how about something okay. we, we are grateful for? Jen, Jen, we are grateful for Williams. <laughs> yes. I have a feeling that's you're going to use something like that for everyone. <laughs> um, and we did do a Zen talk last Friday. Um, Nikki was advised by school that her daughter should not be friends with one of her friends because of serious behavioral issues. Yeah. Um, and then we had a great, fascinating conversation about grapes, seedless grapes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and one of the moms was struggling with social dynamics with her daughter and friends in the car, which yeah. is kind of funny. Yeah. And then one of our team members, Jen, was uh, is struggling through some things, and we lent her some support. Some support. That's what teams do. And by the way, the question, the last one they went back to about this, the dynamics in the car, they weren't really funny. They were, they were difficult. From the mom. Do you remember? Yeah. Um, and they're difficult for me too. Right. So the funny part is that you could relate. Yes. Got it. Um, so if you're interested in joining the team, we'd love to have you. So go to our website, zenparentingradio.com and click on Team Zen so you'll learn more. Um, before we get into the video, okay. um, there's a it's few... It's not a video, it's a song. The song, but I just watched a video. You did. What's it called? Again, What's the name of it? all about you. Sweetie, that's um, who we are. I know. We're just human um, beings looking out for ourselves. Ourselves. Uh, what, what did you just ask me? What's honey? the name of the song? Uh, well, I'll tell in a oh, second. Oh, you don't want to yeah. You don't want to drop that. A few things in the headlines that I want to tell... Oh, first of all, one quick story. Um, you just said this morning to one of our kids that was uh, she wanted to... I don't know if it was the middle one or the youngest, but it was something about them wanting something that was a little ridiculous. She wanted she us said, to drop her off two blocks from our house. That's right. And she said, well, that's not fun or something. She said that. And you're like, this is exactly what you said, because I wrote this in my phone. <laughs> Welcome to human existence. <laughs> it's the Zen parent for you. Welcome to human existence. <laughs> I'm sure I did say that because I I said to her, I, so first of all, it's kind of cold, but not really cold. It's 32 degrees. It's not that bad. And I gave her my North Face coat to wear, which is warm and it's mine. Yeah. And I'm like, you can wear my coat. She's going to stand at a bus stop two blocks away. And she's like, will you drop me off there? And then she looks at up. She goes, you guys aren't doing anything. Yeah. And I'm cleaning. Meanwhile, Todd's cleaning the kitchen. I'm like, I haven't even showered yet. Yeah. 
and I need to get ready for this podcast, but right. we're not doing anything. We're not anything. doing anything. She goes, but I just don't understand Seeing it. Seeing the world through an eighth grader's eyes. And I said, listen, I was like, and again, you guys must understand, we don't get angry with her. We're just kind of like, it's not about <laughs> we're going to make you feel bad, but it's like, let me, let me give, like, give you a clue. Take a, take a, take a dip in the clue bag. Take a dip in the clue bag. Here's the thing. I said, I know you don't care about this, but dude, I walked to middle school I made my own breakfast in the morning. I came home, made my own dinner. I walked home. I walked there. I walked downtown. I rode my bike to the pool. Like, and, and it's not about you need to do that too. It's that your dad and I don't feel bad that you have to walk two blocks to the bus stop. Like, I care about that you feel a certain way about it, but we're not like, we don't feel guilty. Right. Like, this is not like a discussion where we're going to be like, oh, you're right. This is the non, this is the non-nuanced part of parenting. Right. Like, this is clean cut. This is so clean cut. If it and was minus 10 degrees and 50 miles sure. an hour wind, sure. we'd probably drive her to the bus stop Correct. because we could. Or just drop her off at school because that's right. like eight blocks but away. But when it's 32 degrees... It's fine. And I gave you my coat and you have gloves and you have that, that cute hat that you got for your birthday. Like you're set, you're set. But what she really doesn't like is that the bus gets, is late and she gets annoyed by that. So it is, um, <laughs> but what I have to be clear about, cause it's what Todd and I always talk about is how you say things and tone. I'm not making fun of her. I'm not saying you're a jerk for saying this. It's just, I guess the thing that you wrote down that I said, welcome to, to human, human existence. existence. Like I, there are things I have to do that can be challenging, but you mull through mm -hmm. and we are in this together, Yes, but we will not be in a car together going two blocks from here. So a few things that happened over the weekend regarding news, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, has been accused. He's the famous astrophysicist of sexual misconduct over the weekend. Tyson denied the accusations and said men, who are accused of misconduct in the Me Too era are presumed to be guilty by the court of public opinion. Uh, the networks that I guess he's on uh, that air his show say they're looking into it. Okay. Uh, so that's the first thing that popped up on my newsfeed this week. And the second one was there's a Kansas City chief or there was a Kansas City chief named Kareem Hunt who made headlines over the weekend. Back in February, uh, the now former Kansas City Chiefs running back shoved and kicked a woman in a hotel. It was all caught on camera. The NFL knew about the incident but couldn't get a hold of the video and has been trying to investigate. Then last week, TMZ, of course, I don't know, how, TMZ probably just has a boatload of money and just pays know. whoever pays as much off. money. Yeah. But how can the NFL not get access and TMZ can't? Well, is and there I think that's the question is, was the NFL trying super hard to get access? Got it. Okay. All and, right. and I, Todd, I don't know that for a fact. No, neither do I. I'm just saying if TMZ can get it. And the, you would think the you would, NFL, yes. which is a billion dollar. Right. I just wonder. The Chiefs let Hunt go. And I know this is going to come off terribly, but Kareem Hunt is an, an unbelievably valuable part of that team. Really? So he wasn't like an expendable player. So oh. I th thanks to the Chiefs for doing what I think is correct, which is you assault a woman. Yeah, you your work privileges go away. Mm -hmm. And you figure out what to do next. Mm -hmm. Um so he can't play or practice for any any team until the NFL finishes its investigation. So mm -hmm. he cannot play. Uh, over the weekend, Hunt said that he was in the wrong and the NFL officials never talked to him about the incident. Uh, the situation is bringing back Ray Rice deja vu. And some are wondering and if, if the NFL will take a stand against violence against women or if another team commit to signing Hunt. It's a matter of time before another team signs him. And and here's the thing that when people say, oh, because I Todd and I talked about the video last night. You guys can watch it for yourself. I don't really want to describe it, but 
people will talk about the video and they'll like, you know, pick it apart and say, oh, but this happened or, oh, he only did this. And I think what everybody needs to understand is that there is this, um, we actually at our, our consent talk that we gave, we uh, shared this like hierarchy mm-hmm. of how things work and how things it, as far as when it comes to sexual assault and how it's kind of like a pyramid. And at the very top is, you know, maybe significant domestic uh, abuse or um, Rape. actually killing a right, woman right. or, you know. And at the bottom is all these other things. Microaggressions. Like, yeah, microaggressions. And, and even though I think people get really triggered by that that language. Really? It's, okay. well, and again, not everybody. I'm yeah. fine with it. But I think that there are some men who are like, just the, by the nature of the word microaggression. Well, then it's not that big of a deal. Right. But it's things like, you know, locker room talk, talking to women a certain way, pushing women around, um, you know, thinking that a woman deserves something that she's getting. And I want everyone to understand that there is a report that came out a couple weeks ago, and I don't think this was news to people who are in this world, us as social workers or people who are um, focus on uh, common sense gun laws, but the most unsafe place for women as far as gun violence is their own home. Mm. And what I mean by that is so many women are shot by their domestic partners. And that starts with things like hitting, uh, locker room talk, um, jokes that are inappropriate about women. What we do in that world is we normalize treating women as less than. Yep. And then that grows to treating women as property. Then that grows to you are mine. And you are nobody else's. And if you leave, I will kill you. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know a lot about that world, I highly recommend you looking into this. I don't have it in front of me, the statistics around domestic violence, um, specifically around gun violence with women. Um, It is like I just said, all I need to say to you is the most unsafe place for women is in their house, is their own home. Yeah. So. These things where we start to pick it apart and say it's, and again, I think the video was pretty bad. Yeah. But for those of you who are like, oh, it's not that big of a deal compared to other things I've seen, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. This sets a tone for how we treat women. Yeah. And uh, and it and it's all unfortunate. So one thing that we talked about, and I don't know if we want to really quickly talk about eighth grade that scene, but the quote that I wrote down was, "Nothing has to happen and everything could change." Oh yeah, yeah. Well. Todd wrote, said that the other night, and I said, gosh, you have to write that down. That's so good. We were, what did I come home? What had I seen that I said to you? There was something. I don't remember, but we related it back to that scene. I understand, but to tell that story, I have to explain what I came home and said to you because there was something else that I experienced that day. I don't remember. Uh, let's, can we come back to that? Because I'm not ready for that sure. discussion. Because there was something I had watched. Preview for next week. Yeah, preview for next week. Because there was something I had watched that I said, this is exactly like eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what it was. So. so the last thing before we get into your spiel, uh-huh. um, there's a Chicago Cub. His name is Addison Russell. Yes, and, yes, and, yes, yes. Uh, your Peggy uh, sent this to us. And I thought it was worth revisiting. Yeah. She's Peggy's a huge Cubs fan. So she's kind of got the inside scoop on what's going on. So Addison's wife, her name is Melissa Reedy Russell wrote that she suffered physical and emotional abuse throughout their two year marriage after the mistreatment severely and the mistreatment severely affected her. So the minute that the Cubs found out about that, Addison was done playing baseball for the rest of the season. 
And now, you know, we're in December and a lot of time has, has transpired. And I first want to like say that the victim here is Melissa Reedy Russell, but I do want to kind of show how, uh, now I'm just going to read some words here. So it's just words. It doesn't mean anything until the words turn into actions, but this is a proper way for a man who is damaged, who hurts women, how they can move forward, heal, move forward. Um, this is his quote, I, and it, it's a few paragraphs, so bear with me. I offer my he- heartfelt apology to my family and my former wife. Okay, so they're divorced. I didn't know that. Mm. Former wife, Melissa, for my past behavior. I also want to apologize to Cub fans, Cubs organization, and my teammates for letting them down. Since accepting my suspension, I've had time to reflect on my past behavior and think about the next steps I need to grow as a person. Here are the steps I've taken. So the first paragraph is, you hear that every time anybody gets caught doing anything. Like, I'm sorry to the fans, blah, blah, blah. But this is what he's done. I accepted my su- suspension and did not appeal. I am responsible for my actions. Mm, good. It's so refreshing to hear somebody say that. Yeah. Because there are other rare. people that are on the news cycle, and I'm speaking about, I'm thinking about somebody specific who does not take accountability for his actions. I'm complying with Major League Baseball treatment plan. I will be meeting regularly with different experts, counselors, and therapists. Even before any mandated treatment, I took the extra initiative of obtaining my own therapist, and I've been meeting with the therapist several times a week for the last two months and plan to continue therapy beyond the Major League Baseball treatment plan. With that therapy, I'm attempting to improve myself by learning new outlooks and understandings, different emotions. Because obviously he grew up not being able to deal with those emotions. Correct. So basically, in a roundabout way, what he's saying is I am in therapy. I recognize that I didn't have this skill set. Yeah. Um, I recognize that there's things for me to learn. I recognize that the, you know, me being taken off the team for a while was justified. I realized that I hurt somebody. And then... He goes on, after I've done my own therapy and gained my gained new insights in myself, I hope to be able to work with nonprofit groups in Pensacola, Chicago, and Arizona to support their missions and become part of the solution. Go ahead. Finally, I've recently met with Tom Ricketts and Theo Epstein. Tom is the owner. Theo is the general manager. To explain my progress and goals, they outline the Cubs' expectations for me. I accept and am completely committed to meeting those expectations. I'm grateful for their support. I'm just in the early stages of this process. It is work that goes far behind, beyond being a baseball player. It goes to my core values of being the best family man, partner, and teammate I can be and giving back to the community and the less fortunate. While there's a lot of work ahead of me to, to earn back the trust of the Cubs, fans, my teammates, entire organization, it's that I am 100% committed to doing. Sincerely, Addison Russell. Okay. That's a lot. I know. Yeah. But I, I think it's important because... Most times you hear these statements, it's just shallow and it doesn't really mean anything. Someone else probably has written it. Or I think that there is this thing that often goes uh, that goes with fear or feeling like someone's being punished. And the, the person who's being punished feels like they need to come out swinging mm-hmm. and they need to somehow um, cast a shadow on what they've been accused of or create a, uh, a kind of a doubt that it even happened. Or there's always kind of a, like a fight about what happened and getting into the details. And that's what I mean about the Kareem video is that I'm sure people will pick that apart and be like, but what about this? And what about this? Mm And, and the bottom line is, is that, that someone's being abused. Um, and that the truth is, that I believe that Addison probably had some normalization somewhere in his life that that's what you do. Right. Now, I also know the guy's really young. 
How old is he? He was drafted as a 20-year-old, and I think he's 24 yeah, now, I mean, 25. And when I say that, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying I'm letting him off the hook. What I'm saying is like he has a lifetime ahead of him yeah. to make different choices. Right. Now, whatever happens with the Cubs, that's up to them. I don't have any like... Um, well, they had a statement, but I'm not going to read it yeah. because I know that you said that my statement was too Well, long. it's just reading a lot, you know, like I'm just kind of zoning out. But I understand why you read it all because he said a lot of big things. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I just, it's refreshing to somebody have some, hear some man have a plan to own it, to help be held accountable for it and to take actions to better himself and the community and the community. So right. It doesn't happen. It rarely happens. At least not that I see. Maybe it's happening all the time. Or it, there's statements put out, but there's no follow up. Yeah. And I think it's, it's wise right. for him to say, um, I'm at the early stages yeah. because Instead of judging him on today, he's basically saying, give me some, give me, allow me to move into this in the right way. So we'll see what happens. Yes. So thank you for that. And then um, last thing. <laughs> um, Todd's like, you, you're you on today. I Go know. Ahead. My bad. Uh, so Canvas People, they are oh. our amazing partners. Yes. And uh, I had a few minutes at a coffee shop yesterday and I texted 48, 48, 48. Um, and all you got to do is write in the word Zen. And what Canvas People does is they turn amazing pictures from your phone into beautiful canvas and artwork on your walls. And I got something for my dad. So, so wait, explain what you mean. You typed in 48, 48, 48, text, and Zen? Text the word Zen to 484848. And then what happens? You'll get a text back saying click on this link and you'll get a free canvas, ah. uh, 11 by 14. All you got to do is pay for shipping. Uh, it's a wonderful gift for anybody in your life, and there's plenty of different options with uh, our friends at Canvas People. Great uh, for decor. The prints are like pieces of art. So all you got to do is text Zen to 484848. You'll get a text back. You'll click on the link. Upload your. I uploaded the phone, uploaded the photo from my phone, so I never even got on my laptop. Oh, that's that's easy. So and I'm getting it sent directly to my dad, so I don't even have to wrap it. Did you do that picture I told you? Um, or a different one? I picked a different one. Okay. Because it needs to be a, a decent resolution. And uh, I think the one you sent to me was a little grainy. Huh. Yeah. So anyways. I thought it was good. You're good, sweetie. You're good. So uh, thank you to Canvas people for supporting us. So all right, sweetie. What is all right. the what so is Do you have song? anything else you need to say? A few more things. <laughs> all right. No, I'm kidding. Um, all right. So, well, a few things. I... Um, I wanted to say, so this song that I wanted to kind of pick apart a little bit, we, we don't have a ton of time, but the... Um, Sorry? The... <laughs> Any other distractions, sweetie? <laughs> I'm just going to take a deep breath. Todd. All right. Ready? Okay. So um, this song that I, I came out, I think like a year ago, I think it came out in 2017. Uh, Brandy- February 16th, 2018. But that's when the album came out. Oh, okay. Like, I, Brandi Carlisle is who I'm talking about. She had an album that came out at the beginning of this year. But I think the song uh, The Joke came out last November. Okay. I only say that because I remember the first time I listened to it, uh, President Obama, former President Obama, he, every year, puts out a list of books and a list of songs and a list of things that he loves. Mm. And kind of encourages people to read or listen or look at certain things that he's found. And that was one of the songs he put down. And I really like Brandi Carlisle. I like her old albums. um, And, you know, some of I like some of her older music. So I was like, oh, I'll listen to that. And oh, my God, it's so relevant to um, 
I think what's going on in the world. And she just has a way of singing that she has one of those voices that you can always identify. Um, but I wanted to tell you what the song was about. So the joke, it, it's, it, she, first of all, Brandi Carlisle writes a lot about her own experience, which a lot of singer songwriters do. They write about their own story, but this is kind of a song that she turns outward and focuses on what other people are experiencing. Um, so she says, it reflects the compassion, um, and actually this is somebody else writing about her, um, it reflects the compassion she has developed as a seasoned artist, as a parent, and as an activist. And this is her quote. She said, there are so many people feeling misrepresented today. She said, so many people feeling unloved, boys feeling marginalized and forced into these kind of awkward shapes of masculinity where they don't belong. So many men and boys that are trans or disabled or shy. And then all the girls, especially the little girls who got so excited for the last election, they're dealing with that fallout and they're wondering when their time will come. Um, this song is just for people that feel underrepresented, unloved or illegal. Like, it's interesting. I was, every time I listen to it, I think of somebody different. Um, especially the, um, when she focuses the first, uh, what is it called? There's chorus in the lyrics. What's the first, uh, the chorus and the, I don't know. <laughs> okay. The first, I want to like say stanza, the first quote, St the beginning of the song. Okay. How about that? Everybody who writes music is yelling at yes. us right now. Like, uh, duh. um, it'll come to us. Todd and I are, it's early morning. Yes. Um, so the beginning of the song, she focuses on boys and they're, you know, the verse. the verse, thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. The first verse is about boys. And then the, then the chorus. And then the second verse is about girls. And, and I'll have Todd play the first verse, but well, let's just start there. Let's just start with the, the beginning of the song. All right. Aren't you, boy, with your quiet voice and impeccable style? Don't ever let them steal your joy and your gentle ways to keep them from running wild. They can kick dirt in your face, dress you down. Tell you that your place is in the middle When they hate the way you shine I see you tugging on your shirt Trying to hide inside of it And hide how much it hurts I think, I think the reason why I wanted you to play, and we'll play the, the next part too, about the girls, but I think when I listen to this song, which I have been for like a year, what I always think about or what comes into my mind is why someone would ever want to oppress a child, why anybody would want to look at a boy and and believe that they should be a certain way or believe that they should, um, you know, uphold someone else's standards or that they have to act a certain way to be loved or to be valued I think what I struggle with so much when I listen to this song is I just wonder like how people can have such a narrow view of children mm -hmm. or of, because it's really not just about boys, it's about men too, you know, and how, 
when people make a choice to oppress people or to decide that there's one way to be a boy or that if you are of a different nationality or you are an immigrant that you're not valued or that you're not good enough, how they don't view themselves on the wrong side of the light, right. how they view, how they justify treating somebody in such a way that causes them so much pain. Mm -hmm. And I think that I know all this in my head and I talk about this all the time and I write about this all the time, but there's something about music that makes us go, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Like, why, why are we, um, uh, what makes us wake up and go, I'm going to hate this person and you look a certain way. And I think the thing is, is I'm right now, I feel like in the middle of so many uh, like podcasts I'm listening to or books I'm reading where I'm being so exposed over and over again to how people are treated. And again, you know, I think we all are just mm. by watching the news. Right. But, you know, like there's a podcast I'm listening to right now called um, Unerased and it's about conversion therapy. Mm. And it's about, you know, parents sending their children to, to make them not gay anymore and right. that they can't come home unless they go through this conversion therapy, which the thing about the the podcast is it actually has the people on, like it's a very well-researched podcast, right. and it actually has the people on who started conversion therapy, and it was all made up. They made it up. It wasn't really even a thing. It wasn't even something that worked. It wasn't something that ever got researched. It right. wasn't something, not to mention, it started once the um uh, the uh, what's the organization the psychiatric organization the american uh, oh my god my brain <laughs> basically the the american psychological association okay. or psychiatric association they had decided and had come out and said um we're no longer going to have gay lesbian in the dsm4 as a disorder mm. it's not a disorder right it's fine yeah and once they did that and said from a science perspective this isn't a disorder all of a sudden and it was mostly religious based yeah. conversion therapy began yeah. because they're like if they're not going to focus on then it we if have our, to then fill we that have void. to fill that void if you're not going to call it a problem then we have to create something Correct. to draw attention to it as being a problem. Correct. This ideology about, yeah. no, we still believe it's wrong, right. even though the science community and what we did to children, like what we did to these teenage boys. And there's a, a movie out right now um, called um, Boy Erased. Uh, Is has, that the Steve Carell one? No, okay. it's um, That's Beautiful Boy. This one has Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe. And Lucas oh, wow. Hedges, who was in um, that movie we really liked with Casey Affleck um, and Michelle Williams. Oh, that terribly yes. sad movie? Jeez, <laughs> oh, yes. But do you remember the his nephew that he almost takes yes. in? So he's in it. And it's oh, yeah, about he was good. It's about what conversion therapy is and what it does to these kids. And, you know, my point is is Manchester every, by the Sea. That's it. Manchester by the Sea. It was so sad. Mm. It was seriously one of the saddest movies yes. I've ever seen. We didn't walk out in a great mood, but it was well done. Yeah. Um, worth the worth the time. Yes, for sure. yes. One of those movies you'll never go back and see, but no. that, you know. So, um anyway, the so every why I'm saying this is cuz I I'm just I wanted to share this song with everybody because every time I listen to it and have been listening to it for a year, I think about a different group of people yeah. who are being marginalized, who are being oppressed. If it's the immigrants at the border and the children mm -hmm. who, or if it's my college students who I'm hearing from all the time who are being oppressed um, yeah. in their own way or they're, most of my college students are Latino and the experience they had and everything that happened with DACA and 
um, you know, the gay lesbian community, the African-American community with Black Lives Matter. Like, I just think about what we do to people and it's so painful. Well, and to, uh, to the, the video itself, when you, if you watch it, when you watch it, and we'll put the link on it yeah. in our show notes and you can just click on it right from your phone. It'll be the YouTube thing and you just click on it. It'll be there. Um, it's very simple. It's in black and yeah. white and it's just faces basically. Yeah. Um, and there looks appears to be probably a gay woman. There is a Muslim woman. There's an African American man with his hood on, yep. younger man. Yep. And then there's an elderly man yes. who looks like maybe he's in a the military veteran. Mil- veteran. Mm-hmm. So it's these groups that get marginalized. Mm-hmm. And the story I want to tell when I in, I'm one of those guys that needs to hear, <laughs> see the movie a few times or hear the lyrics a few times. And then sometimes I still don't even know what's going on. And I have to ask Kathy, what is she talking about? Or what is this movie about? When I watched this video, I still didn't even know what I was, I, I was still processing what this video's message was. Mm-hmm. But so even before I kind of got it, I got goosebumps. Right. So talk about body intelligence. Right. Which is really important to me because sometimes I think I have to figure everything out with my brain. And my body knew before my brain knew that this was a moving story through words and video. And that is, for those of you who are Brandy Carlisle fans, you're nodding along with me, but that's what she does. Mm. So she is somebody, and she really deserves more mainstream popularity than she gets. Like she's one of those artists where you go, of course. Yeah, how come, how come she's not yeah, as big she, as everybody? Totally. She yeah. writes this music. People want to work with her. Actually, just a little interesting side note. For those of you who know who Pete Souza is, he was the photographer in the White House for Barack Obama. And he did two photography books of like Barack Obama's time in office. And a lot of you might know him from Instagram because he like... Like if something's going on in the country right now or someone, you know, our our president right now is meeting with a leader, then on Instagram, Pete Souza will post a picture of when Obama met with that leader. And there's kind of a different feel to yeah. the picture. Um, and Pete Souza is also Brandy Carlisle's photographer. Oh, okay. So, so he, he did lots, this video probably. I wonder. But he no, he's a photographer. He's a still life. Okay. So, but if you go on his Instagram, you'll see a lot of pictures of her too. Got it. Um, so- I wanted to just to, you know, for time, go to, you can actually start where you were, Todd, or go to the next verse. And this one is about women. All right. You get discouraged, don't you, girl? It's your brother's world for a while longer. You gotta dance with the devil on a river to beat the stream. Call it living the dream. Call it kicking the ladder They come to kick dirt in your face To call you weak and then displace you After carrying your baby on your back across the desert I saw your eyes behind your hair And you're looking tired But you don't look scared Thank you. All right. So so here's the thing. I get so moved every time I hear that verse because I think about different women every time I hear it. So, you know, I know you're listening to it. And maybe when you're listening to the show, you can get on your phone and read the lyrics. But basically, she's talking about like, you know, you're, you know, you're getting discouraged. It's going to be your brother's world for a while longer. You know, we over the last couple of years, it's been very clear to women that we still don't quite have the voice that we were hoping for, that we thought we had worked up to, um, that we're still not trusted, listened to, believed in many ways. Um, 
we've become more aware of how women of color are treated. Um, and that's that's what I mean. Like when I first heard the song, I thought a lot about myself, right? Sure. And then I thought so much about women of color. And then just when I was driving home yesterday, the reason why I wanted to share the song again, because it came on my playlist when I was driving home from Chicago, was that last verse about, you know, they call you weak and you're carrying your baby on your back across the desert. And I used to think of that metaphorically, mm-hmm. and that's immigrants, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's nothing metaphorical. There's yeah. a reality to it. Yeah, like these um, these parents who are, are just trying to, like, get to a safe place with their kids, and then we... Uh, marginalize them? Marginalize them, and we tear gas them and we call them they or it's or um what are some of the words that have been used against immigrants you know like Mm. i don't even want to use them Mm. but and they're just people Mm. and i just heard it a different way yeah because i had kind of like i like i said metaphorically um you know carrying your baby on your back i think about that also as emotional labor right and you're just willing to do whatever you have to do as you know, even me personally. And then I was like, Oh my God. And, but that last line is, this is beautiful songwriting. She says, you know, you look tired, but not scared. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's the thing about women is yes, we get tired. And like right now, you know, we get emotional and we have releases and we get angry, but we keep going. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I'm most in admiration of, of, and I know men do that too, mm. but there's something about women that is, you know, it's because we have to play with that, the language that is used against us and none of it's true. Yeah, It's used as like all these things that make us strong is what we're called weak for. And it just is always, I just struggle with that all the time. So, and my favorite part, just to kind of, I don't, will you give me a Kleenex, Todd? Or can you? Uh, sure. Okay. It's right in right by my desk. So my favorite part of this song is in the chorus, which you may have already heard. I'm not sure where we're going to cut the music when we do this song. But in the chorus, she says, um, you know, she talks about, I've been to the movies. I know how this ends. And I feel like it, again, it's part of the reason I liked it the first time I heard it, because that's what I say to people all the time. Like, have you not been to the movies? Like, do we not know how, what this story is? Do we not know that what the world is about is supporting each other and holding each other up and taking care of each other and taking care of the earth? And how, do, how are people missing this? <laughs> like, you know, I always say, how are people on the wrong side of history when they have so much history to refer to? Yeah. How do we get to a point where we say, yes, uh, those people are not as good as we are, mm-hmm. or those people don't deserve to be valued, or that that person, because they are gay or because of their gender, is not worthy of being in our family? Mm-hmm. How do we get there when we have so much history to demonstrate, and not even history, it, it's not, we don't have to look at other people and say, oh, I'll do what they do, but we know it inside already, mm-hmm. and we have to, like, it just takes so long mm-hmm. For people to recognize that we've been through this a million times. I don't know. I feel like it, it's the cleverness of the ego because I would say the 
99.9% of the people know that what happened in World War II with, uh, you know, concentration camps is like, yeah, duh, you don't kill people because they have a certain bloodline or they cert- yeah. believe in certain... Haven't we done this? Yet, um, we're like, well, the, yeah, okay, so, ne- you know, some people be like, oh, we would never do that again, and we're kind of doing it in a different way. With words, with if anything. Words, right. And as we know, because we talked about this at the beginning of the show... With the with the hierarchy regarding uh, domestic abuse, mm-hmm. words is where it begins. Yeah. So we can sit there and say, "Oh, we're just calling them words," or "That's just subtle racism," or "That's not you know that big of a deal." It becomes a big deal. Right. Words are energy that become our re- our our reason for treating people a certain way. It gives us this validation and this normalization for doing it, and we have to be conscious of what's happening and recognize, you know, like. It, I I mean, movies, uh, you know, as you guys know, if you listen to this, but movies and music are the ones that remind me all the time what they are to me in books, too. But what we're doing here and what like well, getting back to our hearts. Yeah, it's the creation. It's art. It's art. Music, books, uh, movies, they're art. And they remind us of the best and the worst parts of our humanity. Yes. And that they say it in such a way where we can hear it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I wanted to uh, offer, you know, for those of you who know Brandy Carlisle, know this song. I know you're agreeing with me. And for those of you who don't know her work or don't know this song, I really would like you to, or I really hope you um, can put it on your playlist and enjoy it. And if you're ever getting lost to remember. Have we named the song yet? Yeah, it's called The Joke. Okay. Yeah. And that, you know, it just if, if you're ever feeling, I have kind of a playlist where if I'm ever feeling separate from the world or that I'm forgetting what's most important, there are certain songs that remind me of, it, it restabilizes me. So where you left off, Todd, in yeah. that song, why don't you just finish the, um, the chorus and then we'll just, we'll move on. note of history, I wanted to say something really quickly about um, George Bush uh, Sr., who passed away. I know sometimes people listen to this show at different times, like they may not listen to it right when it comes out. So um, George Bush Sr., H.W. Bush, he died over the weekend. And, um, you know, I wanted to say that it was so lovely to read about him and about his history. And again, obviously, I he was my president, our president, when I was in college, so I knew a lot about him, but I'd kind of forgotten all of his, um, you know, where, his World War II history and yeah. all the things he had done and his friendships and the things he'd created with Clinton. They were like best buds and his relationship with his own kids, his wife. He was just a really dignified man. Mm. Um, and I... One thing that blew my mind was that, again, he was only a one-term president, but he did a lot in terms of foreign policy. But two things he focused on, Todd, that this will might amaze you in the place and time we're in, he focused on the Disabilities Act, mm. getting that going, wow. and he focused on climate change. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. 
And part of the reason people said that he didn't get the second term, there were a lot of reasons, the Ross Perot reason, having Reagan for, you know, for eight years and then Bush, many reasons. Um, And Clinton. Yeah, the country usually tries to... It, it swings one way right. and then it swings back after eight years of somebody. So to have him come in again, it's it hard. was it yeah. was hard. But th- a lot of people said that he was focusing so much on foreign policy and things like he, he wasn't focused on the domestic mm. issues. But he was all about climate change, getting that conversation going and the Disabilities Act. Yeah. And I that's the Republican Party I grew up with. Yeah. Um, so I just... I have, the, I had that like, uh, it, Bill Clinton was on 60 Minutes last night talking about him, and so was Obama, and so was his son, uh, you know, our President Bush, former President Bush. They were all talking about him, and one thing that uh, Clinton was saying was that, you know, he he is so, he, he kind of feels like we'll never have a politics like we used to, um, and it's sad that it's gone, and he said, but I know that Bush would say to me, H.W. would say to me, well, then it's your job to get it back. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not something where we go, oh, bummer. Yeah. You know, we're, we don't talk anymore. We're not friends anymore. We're all angry at each other. Well, do something about yeah. it. That's what politics is supposed to be. Right. It's Instead not to s- complain and be a victim. Correct. Empower yourself and go fix it. Make the relationships. Be the role model. Like, you know, do that in your own home. Do that with your friends. Do that at work. Create a work situation that's more accommodating to people and supportive of people. Like, do it from grassroots. And um, so I just wanted to say that because I was, um, I also wanted to mention, you know, for those of you who read everything, I didn't know that he and Barbara had a a three-year-old daughter that passed away. Um, From cancer, right? Yeah, leukemia. And that there was just a really lovely uh, cartoon that we posted on our page that was drawn of Barbara and this little girl waiting for George when he passed and just waiting for him in the clouds. Did you see that on our page? No, I did not. And it said, we waited for you. Yeah. So I'm all choked up today. Yeah. Well, it's Monday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, Anything else, my darling? Not from me. I think I'm done. Um, so the one thing I want to say about this video, I'm not going to play anymore just because I don't know, we may have broken some rules here, but um, I, that's why I tried to break it up. Yeah. So we didn't play it all the way but through. But the, the video ends uplifting. Like there is this uplifting euphoria. Yeah. euphoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like it's pretty melancholy for the first three and a half minutes in the last 90 seconds. There's a turn, there's a transition. Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear the song or watch the video, uh, pull it up on however you watch videos or listen to listen to songs. So. And again, it's Brandy Carlisle, and the song is called "The Joke." Um, Jeremy Kraft, he is one of our partners. Uh, partners since the very beginning when we started this almost eight years ago. We should have a name for him, not one of your made up the names. The bald headed beauty. <laughs> but I mean like he's like a gold partner or a lifetime partner. Or... He's the bald headed beauty partner. Okay. That's what he is. <laughs> and he does painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. So if you live in the Chicagoland area and you want to redo your kitchen or your basement or you paint your house or paint the inside of your house, give him a call. He's the man. Uh, my, his number is 630-956-1800. And then his... Um, website is avidco.net, avidco.net. Um, any other housekeeping items that you can think of? I don't think so. Just, uh, just a reminder, as we said at the beginning of the show, that we'll be making an announcement about the conference. The early bird pricing for the conference ends at the end of this month, December, which is why we're making our you know final push now. Because if you know you're coming, don't spend extra money. Get your ticket 
with, you know, before December 31st, yeah. December 30, there's, <laughs> there's 31 days in December, right? Yes, there is. Um, yes. Um, so get your ticket in the next couple of weeks. And you guys, Todd and I were, have been saying, uh, that for the last couple of days that we're so honored to have the people we're having at this conference. Like it's such uh, an, an amazing, empowering group of people, um, not just our speakers who are just alone are that, but these organizations we're working with, our sponsors, um, we are surrounded by greatness. Yeah. Um, and so just this is an opportunity to come in and, and be in that warm environment. Yeah, and if you uh, have a business and you want to uh, be one of our sponsors, the cheapest sponsorship level is 500 bucks. Yeah. And a ticket is going to be 300 So if you want to promote your business... For an extra two hundred bucks, you get some recognition on the program, and you get something in the swag bag. So, and we created that level specifically for people like us who have small businesses who yeah. are like, I can't do like that huge, yeah, you know, um, sponsorship where I'm spending thousands of dollars, but I can do you know this basic level where I can let people know about who I am. Um, and I have a coaching business, ToddAdamsCoaching.com. Guys, uh, I only coach you. No girls, just the boys. No women. No women. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I know you can do it yourself. Guys like to tend to do things by themselves, but I can help you get there quicker. First session is free. Um, so that's the deal. I hope you guys consider uh, reaching out and checking out my website because I'd love to ha- chat with you and help you become the best version of yourself. So uh, with that, we are going to play our bumper music. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Bumper music. Yeah, beginning and the end. Oh, that's cool. Uh, So guys, keep trucking. Um, Maybe we'll see you at the um, screening tonight. And have a good one. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything that we offer. Get your tickets for our annual Zen Parenting Conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. Get your brave on with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com. Sweetie, it's going to be off the hook. I know. Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the support us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Um, Guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? Good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, FaceTime, you choose. If you're in Chicago, contact me about the tribe. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And don't forget about our 2019 Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. More more on that later. Special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft, from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support, Jeremy. Sweetie, he's a bald head of beauty. I know this. All right, everybody, keep trucking. See you next week. Adios.